turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, and better yet, Matthew chapter 6, because we're going to continue discussing uh, uh, first things first. Everyone say first things first. Now, let me just ask you, I, I know there are different people with different uh, uh, responsibilities throughout. Uh, uh, oh, I always pick on Robert because he's so, uh, he's so easily, he, he's a helicopter pilot. How, how many of you know Robert undoubtedly understands priorities? When it comes to getting behind uh, the, the, you call it the joystick? Yeah, you get behind that and you look at that helicopter and you go, okay, there's a checklist. Am I right? There's a checklist. In other words, there's some priorities you've got to walk through first, some strategy, some before you ever clear the prop. That's what my dad used to say. And turn that thing on. There's priorities. You better check, make sure it's got some fuel, all those kinds of things. He understands. How many of you in the world you live in on whatever level, there's priorities? How many moms in here? Moms? Where's the moms? Moms of, man, how many of you know there, there's priorities that have to take place? And if you get the priorities out of whack, how many of you know your little babies will tell you you're all out of whack? We all have priorities. But in the kingdom of God, he has priorities. And we've got to, we've got to learn to live life in the right order. And so our keynote verse, not only for this series, really for our life this year, for our church this year, is Matthew 6.33. Let's read it out loud together. You should memorize this. If you don't, shame on you. Here we go. But seek first. What are all those things? In the context, if you will take time, because I've told you to, to really start uh, uh, meditating on and reading through the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, uh, because he's talking about all the things we concern ourselves with, food, clothing, lodging, all those biggies. Those are, oh, those are so big on my priority list, making money and, and a place to live. Well, Jesus kind of blew that all out of the water. He said, well, hey, the birds, they don't, they don't, uh, uh, they don't toil or, 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 or sweat by the, and, and I take care of them. If you'll just get your priorities right, this is what he's saying. All those things that you're so concerned about will just begin to be added into you. And we know that word added means annexed into our life. And so big verse, let's read it together. Read it, read it a little louder and a little more zealous than what I heard a while ago. If I had to grade you a while ago, it was like a two. Okay. You were like a two. How many of you don't want to be a two in life? You, okay. And let's be a 10 with our reading of scripture. If we were, no, I'll, I'll, I won't push you, push you to a 10. We'll be an eight because if you were a 10, you would stand up. I'm going to be a 10. I don't know about you. I'm standing up. I, I don't want to be no eight. How many of you don't want to be satisfied being an eight? I'm going to be a 10. Here we go. All the tens read it out loud. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. One more time. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Oh, you did good. Give yourself a hand. You're good. You're doing good. You're a bunch of tens. Amen. Woo. Well, this morning... I want to look at that word seek again because it means more than trying to find something which is lost. Where's Stacy? Stacy, where are you? Stacy? She's in the nursery. Stacy, six months ago, lost her wedding ring. Now, uh, how many of you know wedding rings are special just because of what they mean? But if you look at her wedding ring, it was very special. If you know what I mean. Okay. So they're special and then there's 
Ooh, that's very special. Well, she lost it. And I won't tell you how it happened. She doesn't really know. She kind of knows how it happened. And they searched the house up one side, down the other. And so here a couple, three weeks ago, she was in her closet, thought, I'll look again. After six months, I'll just look again. So she started looking again to no avail. And then she got into just kind of cleaning things out. You know how you do. You, how many of you could use a good clean out in your closet? And she was doing that. She pulled out some sacks and cleaning them out and throwing things away. And she got one little sack out from the back and threw something. And there in the bottom was her wedding ring. She screamed like a big girl. <laughs> and so we all praise the Lord for that. Uh, and so she had been seeking that which is lost. That's what Jesus does. He comes to seek and to save that which is lost. But this word's not like this. This has to do with worship and honor and respect. Uh, and uh, and it's about it's about priority. That seek first is really almost, it's two words, but it just, it talks about priority. Uh, and in throughout scripture, especially in the Old Testament, uh, and I'm not going to read these. If you're taking notes, write these down. In fact, I think in February, you're going to begin to get some notes with the messages. My, one of my pastor friends gave me all these stats about how much we forget by the time we get out the door in the next day. And so uh, he said, you need to give them notes because they're, they're, they're forgetting it. I said, no, they're not. Yes, they are. Okay, that, yes, they are. How many of you forget it? Okay, we all forget it. So we're going to work on that uh, in February. It's going to require a little extra effort from yours truly, but I think I can give that to you. Uh, and so uh, the word seek, you know, if you're right, taking notes, it, it, it's, it references prayer. In fact, how many of you know in Matthew 6, uh, he just, he shared with us prior to this verse what he, what we call the model prayer. Some call it the Lord's prayer. It's really the model prayer. We're going to look at it in a little different, uh, light here in just a moment. But when you see the word seek, many times in scripture, it references prayer. Deuteronomy 4.29 references, uses that word as seeking about praying to God. I, these are just a few. Isaiah 55.6, uh, Zechariah 8.21, and then Acts 17.27, all these references and many, 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 many more. When it's, when you see the word seek, it's referencing the, the place of prayer. And so I really believe because of the greater context of, of uh, the Sermon on the Mount and this seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, it certainly has a reference to seeking God and at the place of prayer. He just got off uh, the model prayer and then he starts talking about provisions and faith and trusting God and seeking first, making God top priority. In fact, he gave us three big priorities in Matthew 6. When you give, everyone say, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Everybody loves that one, right? When you fast. Those are priorities that as disciples we need to uh, apply in our life. But this morning, everyone say, but this morning. This morning, I want to talk to you about the priority of prayer in our life and how making prayer top priority has a way of ordering our world <coughs> in right fashion. Now, I want you to catch that thought. Think about this. When you catch the priority of prayer, think about it. It begins, as you pray, as you begin to plug into the place of prayer, it begins to rightly prioritize your world when you pray like Jesus said, after this manner. Everyone say, after this manner. 
That's what he said. He said, after this manner, look in verse 9 of chapter 6, and he's talking about the place of prayer. He said, after this manner, therefore pray. And then he says, our Father which art in heaven. Now, here's the thing you need to know. We're going to look at that prayer. Jesus, when he lived on this life, in this life, for 33 years, we know, we don't know much about the first 30 we know a little bit about uh, uh, him being prioritized as a young boy. You remember we talked about it, the, uh, the Jesus, his parents found him teaching and, and ministering and discussing the things of God in the temple with the religious leaders of the day. They found him there and they, Jesus, we're missing you. He said, well, don't you know I need to be about my father's business? He was, he had his priorities right. And then we see him when he comes on the scene after he's water baptized, we see him. In fact, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, uh, the beginning of Mark, we see that Jesus made prayer a top priority in his life. Now, he's the son of God. He, he's, he's lived on this, this planet for 30 years, but he, how many of you know, uh, for eternity, he's been with God in heaven. But look what it says in Mark 1, 35. Now, in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he what? Jesus put prayer as top priority in his life. And when you read through the Gospels and you read through the life of Jesus, there are times he would, he would rise a great while before day, and then he, then he would pray into the night, and, and his disciples just couldn't get it. Uh, pastor friend of mine, in fact, Pastor Sonny and I were talking, you know, prayer's not the easiest thing. It's, hey, uh, uh, it's not for sissies. Consistent prayer life is, uh, is, is a disciplined life. In fact, the disciples had a hard time getting a hold of it. Uh, they, Jesus found them sleeping at the time when they need to be praying more than ever before. But we look at the life of Jesus and he placed prayer as a top priority in his life. How many of you know you can tell your priorities by a couple of things? You can tell what your priorities are a lot of times by looking in your checkbook. Right? What did you make priority? Where you, you put, most of us put our money where our heart is, you know, where uh, our heart, our treasure, and the scripture teaches that. Or you can look at your priorities and discover your priorities uh, by what you do first in the morning. One of my big priorities in life, you know what it is? Coffee. In fact, it's the best part of waking up other than Jesus. I mean, it's a priority in my life. When I first started learning to pray early in the morning, man, I learned that coffee is a big part of your prayer life. I'm just, I'm just saying. But on a, on a much, uh, you know, bring it down to a little more serious note by how we order our world, what we put first in life, uh, we can tell what our priorities are. And sadly, a lot of believers don't put prayer or the church or other things of a high importance that Jesus put high importance on. They don't put them as high priority in their life. And somehow they figured out how some way it's just going to all be right. Let me just tell you, if your life is out of order, let me just say everything's out of order. If your spiritual disciplines are out of order, everything else will be out of order. It doesn't matter how hard you try. And so this morning, I want to talk about the priority of prayer and just cause you to realize Jesus made prayer top priority. Now, so here's the big idea. I've kind of worked myself around it. Here's today's big idea, and that is this. Praying like Jesus taught empowers us to live a rightly prioritized life. Say that with me out loud. 
Praying like Jesus taught empowers us to live a rightly prioritized life. I think that's why Jesus was so clear about this prayer outline, if you will. This is the way you pray. It's not just one of those vain, repetitious prayers as we've talked about, but I believe it prioritizes our life. It's not just the the priorities of our prayer life, but I think this prayer uh, outline, this this manner, that in this manner pray ye, I believe it prioritizes our life. Are you getting it with me? If you're kind of getting that thought, shake your head. If not, say, preacher, keep talking. I'll get it in a minute. I, uh, it's not, this is just not how you pray. It's much more than that. This is just not a prayer methodology. I believe it's a lifestyle of priority that Jesus puts into play in our midst. Are you with me? So keep that in mind, and I'm going to kind of look at this from a different angle. Uh, and let me say it this way. Let me just, a lot of people have this mindset about prayer. And, and a lot of it is, I'm, and well, you may not admit to it, but most people use prayer as an avenue to tell God what I need. Most people don't pray just because they pray because they have a, there you go. See, I'm in good company. In fact, did you know the scripture teaches us to pray when we have a need? So there's nothing wrong with asking God. But let me tell you something. Prayer is not simply the dissemination, if you will, of information. That's what a lot of people think it is. How many textures do we have? Any, y'all, how many of you, some people don't like texting. How many of you just, you, you kind of like texting? I'm a texter. I text all the time. I'll text you when I don't have anything to say. I just like texting. But one of the reasons I like texting is I don't want to talk to you. I just want to tell you something. Now, if I want to talk to you, I may call you. I know you're feeling all left out now. When I text you, you're going, he don't want to talk to me. He just will tell me something. Well, but how many of you, are you really right? It's the, it's the dissemination of information. I just need to tell, uh, stop and get me a hamburger. I don't want to talk about that. I just want to tell somebody some, some stuff. And if they want to tell me something back, that's fine. I'll tell them. A lot of people use prayer kind of like texting. The rent is coming due in Jesus' name. Help me. Now, as we read through this prayer, Jesus taught us to ask him for things. He said, our Father who art in heaven, our, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's all about priority uh, on earth as it is heaven. Then in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. He taught us to ask for the daily bread. But prayer is not about the dissemination or the passing of information. It's not just a way that you get information to God. It's much more than that. 
In fact, let me show you this. Look, look in verse 8 of chapter 6. Look what it says about prayer before he ever gives you, before you, he ever gives you the outline. He says, and when you pray, don't use vain repetition, verse 7, as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask. He already knows you need rent money. But at the same time, he told you to ask. But it's not just about, because, hey, if it was about telling God what you need, he wouldn't know what you need. He does already, he already knows what you need, but he still wants you to ask. And, and he's not just getting you to grovel. It's not like a parent, you know, sometimes as parents, we know what our kids need, but we want them to ask, you know, you know, come on, what do you want? Don't tell me what you want. Humble yourselves, grovel a little bit. That's not what God's doing. That's not what God's doing when he said, I know what you need before you ask, but you need to ask. And I believe the reason he, he put it into play like this and, and put a, put a, a, a methodology of prayer together is because he cares so much about us. He wants our lives to consistently be ordered correctly. So if we're praying in right order, our lives will be in right order. How many of you are getting that now? So, he taught us to ask, give us this day our daily bread. In fact, look over in chapter 7, after he gets out, he kind of comes back to it in verse 7, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. He taught us to ask, but he already knows what we need before we even ask. And so there's much more to it. Tell your neighbor there's much more to it. So I want to tell you some things about prayer. I want to look through this. It's not just God's avenue of gaining information. It is an avenue. How many of you know what an avenue is? In fact, if you just look at the dictionary, I got this wonderful picture. Because in the dictionary, an avenue is actually... You you ever seen these, these long country roads that are just beautiful trees on each side and they cover over? It just makes you want to just get on a Harley and drive right down it. Oh, only me? Okay. All right. That's an avenue. It's just beautiful. It's a straight and it's a way to get somewhere. It's a beautiful, that's really the literal meaning of avenue. The bigger picture is just a way to get somewhere. Prayer is God's avenue for some things, but it's much more than hearing what you need. Let me give you seven things quickly. Are you with me? I don't have my watch. We may be in trouble. Woohoo. Beverly's my phone down there somewhere. Did I bring it up here? There you go. Uh, let me show this to you. Number one, prayer is God's avenue for relationship or relating. Because understand something about God. He loves you. In fact, I love how this prayer begins. It says, this is the way you're supposed to pray. Most high and awesome and fearful God. Who created all the heaven? No, he didn't do that, did he? <clears throat> did you know God ever, all he ever really wanted to be with you is a father. Now in the culture we live in, that word father has been, has been fouled up in a lot of ways. There's a, a lot of people have what I call daddy issues and they bring them over into God. But let me tell you something about your prayer life. Whoo, I like this one. All he ever wanted to be, he wants to relate to you as a father does to his children. 
as a good father does to his children. Now, some of you may have a skewed perspective about fatherhood. I don't want to, hey, I don't want to dig around in your brain and bring up old hurtful issues from your past. How many of you, how many of you, you got some great fathers, but every father makes a few mistakes every once in a while. I know Robert never has, and I never have, but others have, uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, we all, as fathers, make mistakes, and some, you know, my kids probably got a few scars, nicks, and bruises, and, and things that if the truth were known, they got a little daddy issue. Uh, but uh, by and large, you know, some of us have a, just have a skewed perspective. God, all he ever wanted to be was a father. And if there's anybody could ever be a good father, uh, it's, it's our God. And Jesus said, let me just get it. Let me cut right to the chase for you. Now, you got to understand, all these people, I'm wanting to stand up and preach here. I'll be careful. Uh, might hurt myself. Uh, these people up to this point, their perspective of God was, you got to be careful how you approach God. In fact, nobody, not just anybody can approach God. If you approach God wrongly, he'll smite you dead. And they had good examples to go by. It's because they, they didn't have the, the avenue. But Jesus came and he's, say it with me, the avenue. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. That's, is that John 6? John 6 or John 10? John, John 10, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so Jesus comes. Now, let me tell you how to pray now. This is going to bless you. You're not going to have, you don't have to go through the pre, priest. You don't have to bring, you don't have to bring a, 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 an animal and get bloody in the altar. All you have to do is come, come through me. And when you pray, you just say, Father. Ooh, prayer is much more than a dissemination of information. It is a relationship. Our Father. I love what Jeremiah 33 3 says. It says, call unto me. This is what God says. Call unto me. Everybody say, call unto me. Some people call this God's phone number. Jeremiah 33 3. Call unto me and I will. Aren't you glad he didn't say text me? He said, I want to talk to you. I have a friend by the name of John Hale. He lives in Round Rock. He's, uh, he's older than me and, and he loves Agua and he'll be with me in Mexico next week. Uh, and he's, he's trying to become more technologically advanced and all this young, all this younger 60 year olds, a little more technic, technically. And so we were texting back and forth about some things we need to take. And finally my phone rings. John says, isn't it amazing? I said, what? You can actually talk to each other. Aren't these phones wonderful? He was playing with me. He said, I'd rather talk to you. Aren't you glad God didn't say, text me and I'll get back to you or I'll screen my call. He said, call unto me and I'll answer you. And not only will I answer you, but I'll show you great mighty things which you know not. You see, prayer is God's avenue and we come to God through Jesus. He's the avenue, the avenue of relating to God on a one-on-one level. Number two, prayer is God's avenue for reverencing. Everyone say reverencing. Look in ver- look at this prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be. That's a reverence word. Hallowed be your name. How many of you know on our worst day, fathers, there is Father's Day? 
no fathers. Let me try that again. Maybe you didn't catch it. How many of you know fathers? Even on our worst day, there's still a father's day. There's a place where even humanity knows you need to honor your father. And the scripture says, honor your parents, honor your father and mother for this is good and right. Uh, and, and, and when it comes to our heavenly father, that's the priority. Let me tell you something, kids, the priority are young adults. The kids are gone, young adults. We should always do our best to honor our parents and reverence our father. It's just the right thing to do, especially with our father in heaven. He said, this is the way you pray to God. Our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You get the priority straight. He's father, your child, he's God, you're his, and, and, and the responsibility of his children is to always put him first place. It's God's avenue of, of reverencing and keeping him as the Lord of our hearts. Let me tell you something, 30 days of praying through this prayer sincerely and saying, my father who art in heaven, I hallow your name. That begins, I mean, all the priorities of your life start getting challenged and changed and tweaked and tuned and straightened and ordered in your world. And let me just tell you, as you start doing this, let me tell you what happens. People start enjoying being around you for a change. I just throw that out. That's not in your notes. But let me tell you something. When your priorities are out, out of whack, you just, you're just cranky. A lot of people say, nobody likes me. Hey, start reverencing God and let him start ordering your world and start relating to him at the place of prayer. And you just see what begins to line up in your life. It's prayer. It's God's uh, avenue uh, and way and, and, and for God and man to come in f- fellowship and relationship with one another and reverencing him and putting him as first place in our life. Somebody say first things first. And I love how this prayer begins. It, it puts first things first. Our Father, He's first place, uh, who art in heaven. Hallowed, hallowed, hallowed be your name. Prayer is God's avenue for reverencing. And then here's, here's what's cool. Prayer is God's avenue for rewarding because understand something about God. He doesn't think it's all about him. How many of you parents don't think it's all about you? You, you when you comes to your kids and your grandkids yesterday, I wish Jojo was in here. It was his, it's his birthday today, right? Uh, I want to tell you yesterday was his big day. Uh, 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 a T-Rex showed up at his birthday. I don't know how that happened, but it was big. His cake was a T-Rex. Get on Facebook. And Jojo was being rewarded by his parents. And, and, and you know why they did it? Because they love him. I said, because they love him. And, and prayer is God's avenue. And let me tell you something. You know what God's priority is over you? To keep you straight. No, he, he wants to reward you. He wants to bless you. Don't you just love it when you get to bless your kids? And you be, to bless them and you bless your family and they're so happy. And if they don't like what you gave them, you want to bless them real good. My wife got the. <laughs> Look what verse six says in chapter six. But you, when you pray, go into your room and when you shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in the secret place will 
reward you openly. Look in chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who knocks finds. And to him, uh, he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who if his son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Somebody say how much more? How much more will your heavenly who? Your heavenly father, your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. We need to change our perspective of God. You know what Beverly and I do? We're tweaked. We've, our, our world has been tweaked this past year. And so we're adjusting our world. And, and our rent house that we have on the lake has become a, a pretty good source during seasonally for times of income. And then there are off seasons. We're kind of in the off season. Beverly and I in the off season more so than ever, we say, God, bring us renters, bring us renters. And you'll just be amazed. You'll be amazed. In fact, I may just text you next time it happens. Uh, I'll just tell you, I don't want to talk to you about it. I'll just tell you. I'll text you and say, it happened. If you ever get that from me, you're going to know what I'm talking about. It happened. In fact, the other day, Beverly and I, we just said, Lord, bring us renters. Bring us renters. A, uh, a return customer uh, texted me. He didn't want to talk to me. He just wanted to ask me something. And he said, is your house available tomorrow and the next day? I looked. I said, it sure is. And in about 15 minutes, uh, his $565 came flowing into my uh, my app account. And, and it's like free money. I said, whoo. After I got done, I said, Beverly's like free money coming into it's just free money coming in Woo! God, it happened again why because i'm so special no god is so special he loves his kids and prayer is god's avenue to reward you Woo! that's how he gets stuff to you somebody told me one time a picture somebody had a vision of heaven's heaven's uh, warehouse or heaven's glory and it was stacked as far as you could see with resources and stuff and goods that was just stacked and 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 the person I don't know if it was a vision or just a story this person God how come you this stuff is up here it needs to be down there and it was like God said well I'm just waiting for them to What time is it? Help me. 11, oh, man, it's only 11.40. How you first-time guests go, whew. There you go. Prayer is God's avenue for rewarding us. Number four, prayer is God's avenue for repenting. Because he says in Matthew 6, 12, I, look what he says. In Matthew, this is how you pray, Matthew 6, 12. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. It's a place of forgiveness. In fact, that part of the prayer is the only part of the prayer. After it's over, he comes back in verse 14 and underlines a little bit. He says, for if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you don't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. It's like he, what he's saying is you, you can pray this, but if you're not doing this, it ain't going to work. Oh, you're not supposed to say, hey, it's not going to work. 
But it is God's avenue for repenting. What's repentance? Repentance is getting right with God. Finding forgiveness for the things we do wrong, the sins of commission and omission. I don't know about you, but there's things throughout my day that I have to stop and say, Lord, forgive me for that. I I shouldn't have done that. I, I repent. I ask you to forgive me. It's God's avenue of repentance where we can come to God and we confess our sin. In fact, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, that means to agree with him about our sin. If we agree with him about our sin, and you know what he hates? You know what he, he doesn't hate us, but he hates our sin. We got to learn to hate God hates. Uh, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's our avenue of finding forgiveness from God. Again, aren't you glad you don't have to go find a bull or an oxen or a, or a, or a bird or a, or, or a lamb to slaughter on the altar? You can just come boldly into his throne room of grace. And find mercy and grace to help you in time of need. It's God's avenue for us to repent. Number five, prayer is God's avenue for refreshing. Somebody say refreshing. Who in that thing? Y'all, y'all get all shook up about repentance and you think mean old father God's going to slap a knot on your head. Yeah, you come here to me, boy. I'm going to wear you out. You, you, that gum sinner, you. I'm going to, I'm going to teach you. That's not God. Acts 3.19 says this. It's, it's linked to, uh, to, to Matthew 6.12 when he says, uh, uh, asked us, taught us to pray prayers of forgiveness. Acts 3.19 says this, repent therefore. And I think it says in turn or something that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Let me just say, Sin has a way of wearing you down. Sin certainly hinders your communication and connection with God. Sin and unrighteousness separates us from God. And and when we repent and and we come before him and we repent and we bring it before him, it says that times of refreshing may come from the... See, when you repent, when you come to God with your sin, he's not going to whip you, wear you out and beat on you and 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 slap and and be ugly to you because of your your shame. No, he's going to refresh you. He's going to come to you. What did he do with the prodigal son who repented and came home. He was waiting on the front porch for goodness sake, waiting for his long lost son to finally come to himself and awaken. And when he did, his daddy jumped up and ran down the road and put a robe on his around him and a ring on his finger and said, Ooh, my son, which was lost, has come home. I'm telling you, that boy, he experienced times of refreshing. That's what the prayer is an avenue of refreshing and and not only that, it's an avenue for resisting. Let somebody say resisting. Because Matthew 6.33, he says, pray this way. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Prayer has a way of prioritizing your world and keeping you in the presence of God and out, of the in, out from under the influence of the devil. Hello. In fact, if you would, if you took time to read James 4, you could write it down and read it later because James 4, he talks about you have not because you ask not. You're not praying. You're not asking. And then he talks about this. He talks about uh, submitting yourself, therefore, to God. I think this is how he says it. And then resisting the devil. It's all linked together, you see. If, you, if you'll pray and seek God and put the, let God begin to prioritize your world, the influence of the devil, he loses his his, his 
his hold and his hand on you and you learn how to put him to flight in your life and you learn how to resist him, as Peter said, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are, are, are being made manifest by your brethren in the world. You're not the only person to be tempted to smoke, chew, and go with the girls that do. He said, if you'll resist this and submit yourself to God, guess what? You'll find great victory. Where does that happen? At the place of prayer. It's hard for the devil to show up at your prayer meeting. Unless you're inviting him. Some of you invite the devil into your prayer life. You're, instead of being a prayer warrior, you're a prayer worrier. That's when the devil comes in. Ooh, I sense worry. Open door. Prayer is God's avenue for resisting. And then finally, prayer is God's avenue for revealing. Because God wants to show you some things. He wants to reveal some things to you. He wants to uncover some things in your life. In fact, that's what Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call on me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not. And that phrase, if you were to break that down in the Hebrew, it says something like this. I'm going to begin to reveal some things to you that you've never known before. Beverly and I, in this last year, when we were in kind of a transition with our house, we thought we sold our house and did a lot of things and ordered our world and began to prepare ourselves for leaner days and, and we paid off some things, paid off our lake house and positioned ourselves and we had a little left over. I think we'll go buy us a house and, and oh, we couldn't find anything we liked. I'm telling you, it was just nothing. And, and so we, we had a, a, a camper, a little camper trailer. Well, we'll bring it up here at the church for a few weeks and put it out and we'll, we'll, it's a little embarrassing, but we'll, you know, free electricity. Did y'all know you paid Beverly and I's electricity for a while? You did. Free sewer. In fact, I, I, hey, I'm 60. I can talk whenever I want. Hey, you, this would be pathetic. If you, my early morning prayer time, I, it was kind of little in there and Beverly's a little, sleeps a little later than I did. I'd get up. I'd go raise the garage door on the warehouse and pull an old ratty recliner out to the door. And me and my dogs would have, Early morning prayer, looking out over the back of the church, drinking Folgers in my cup. It's pretty sad, actually. But in on the middle of all that, I told my wife something. She said, well, what are we going to do? Well, you know, we, we wanted to worry, but we just chose not to worry. And I said, listen to me. There's some things we don't know right now. And the reason we don't know them right now, because God's not ready to reveal them to us. There's some things we don't know, but when if we'll just keep focused and keep our priorities straight, he'll begin to speak to us and he'll show us those things and things we don't know. God knows we don't know, but it's not the time's not right. And when we know them, uh, then we'll go in that direction. And so, so we went, how long we stay in that? We stayed in there seven months, but about halfway through, uh, this was probably March. Uh, yeah, middle of March, we're driving down the road and it came to me in my spirit. I knew what I, God said this is what you need to do. And we talked about it. I didn't feel right about it then, but I, all of a sudden I felt right about it. And, and we thought, let's go get our rent house that we've had for years, the one we moved into when we first came here, and let's, let's, uh, let's evict the renters out of it and fix it up and move into it. Uh, and we thought about that. I said, no, they've been there five years. I don't, I can't run them out. That's terrible. They got kids. They got school system. We can't do that. We just can't do that. I'm not doing that. That's bad. They've been too good a renters and we can't do that. I'm driving along and man, it dropped in my heart. You need to take that house back and remodel it, move into it. I just knew it. And I said, hmm, ooh, I wonder why now I feel good about it. 
Three months ago, I didn't feel good about it. Now I feel good about it. I told Beverly, here's what I believe the Lord told us to do. She said, I like that. I feel good about it. So I came home and typed up the nicest eviction letter I could find. Because you got to do that, she said. And I went and knocked on their door. I said, hi, how are you doing? I felt bad. I felt like, you know. And she said, hi, I'm glad you came by. I said, you are? She said, yeah. My eviction letter, by the way, said... It was six weeks out. Uh, I need you to be out by May 1st. And I had it in my hand. She said, I'm glad you came by. I said, why? She said, because we just purchased a house and we want to be out May 1st. I said, well, that's what this letter's all about. I went home and I said, Shazam! You see, there were some things that we didn't know that had to be made manifest before. But let me tell you something. Prayer is where those things began to be revealed. Things you didn't know began to be known. And when you began to know them, and then when I, I told Beverly, I said, when we'll know them, we'll say, now we know, but till we know, we don't know. But when we know, we're going to know. And when God decides there's some things we need to know that we don't know that he doesn't want us to know right now, when he wants us to know them, then we'll know why we don't know. It's a place of revealing. Beverly and I, We've been here 21 years nearly. 20 years. We'll be here 20 years in July, June. Backtrack 20 years and six months when we had this opportunity to come here. Man, I didn't feel good about it at all. I got my house on the lake. I got a great church. I travel around the world a couple of times a year. Why would I want to go up there and do that for goodness sake? But when I began to pray... We had three little kids. How old was Laura when we moved? Huh? Twelve. They were in the middle of school. I told Pastor Ron, I said, well, if we could come, we're going to have to wait for school to be out. I ain't jerking my kid. I was trying to run him off. I'm not jerking my kids out of school. Well, okay. I didn't know he was about to have a heart attack and a stress attack over all this. He was so cool. But when we would pray, you know, I told him, we'll pray about it. He just thought, hey, I'll never talk to him again. Because a lot of us use that, I'll pray about it as an excuse. There ain't no way. In Hades, I'm moving down there. But we started praying about it. When Beverly and I would pray about it, I'm telling you, the peace would just... He'd show us great mighty things which we know not. See, prayer is so much more. It orders our world. It puts us in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. It squeezes out all the junk and all the voices that come hammering on your head when you're not a prayer. used to preach a message. I may be pull it out of the archives. If you're going to make the right choice, you better listen to the right voice. There's a lot of voices. 
Are you with me? Say amen. It's the priority of prayer. Let's stand up together. Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For the freedom to come boldly into the throne room of grace. That we might obtain mercy. And find grace to help us in time of need. Lord, I thank you today that you're teaching us to pray. Just like the disciples asked, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us how to order our world at the place of prayer. Father, I pray for a prayer anointing. If there's such a thing, a grace, a grace and anointing to pray in this manner, in a way that would honor and glorify you and put our priorities in right order. Lord, we receive it. If, if there's a grace you can bestow upon us today to help us begin to live a life of prayer discipline, Lord, we ask for it today. In fact, I, I encourage you, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor Sam, I want 2017, my prayer life to take, uh, an, it, it needs to take a big uh, few steps forward. If you need to raise it a notch or two or a bar or two in your prayer life, I know we all do, but I especially do. I want you to lift your hands today and just say, God, I'm asking you for grace and strength. to embrace the priority of prayer in my life. Lord, I agree together with you that prayer is an avenue whereby we interact with our Heavenly Father and build relationship and find forgiveness and release the blessing of God in our behalf and in this world's behalf a place where we find resistance against the enemy, a place where we put you first and hallow your name. Lord, let that prayer anointing come upon us now, a grace from God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We bless your name. We worship you today, Lord. We glorify your name. We hallow the name of the Lord our God. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I sense the presence of God here this morning. He's right here in our midst. He's answering us. 
In fact, I sense a prophetic anointing on me right now. Just for a moment, I, I'm trying to hear and listen and kind of catch this. But I hear this phrase, the struggles have not been in vain. The struggles, the pain, the heartache have not been in vain, says the Lord. For your struggles are building strength on the inside. Then on the other side of the struggle, you'll be stronger and better and more able, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you for the new day. Let's thank him for the new day. Let's thank him for the new thing. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for the new day. We forget those things which are behind and we reach forward to those things which are ahead. Like Paul said, Lord, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and all God's people said a big amen. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph.